Hello, everyone, and welcome to Overtime. This is Dribble's Audio Companion, and this is episode number six. And today we are interviewing Bill Kenny of Focus Lab. He's the creative uh, director and co-founder of Focus Lab. They're a um, amazing agency based out of Savannah, Georgia, and uh, have been longtime Dribble members as a team. And Bill has been a longtime Dribble member. It's really great. We we had a really good conversation about uh, sort of his path from birth to <laughs> the creation of Focus Lab as a uh, powerhouse in the in the industry and you know, sort of how Dribble fit into that, and also go behind the scenes of uh, some of the shots that he shared. So a lot of interesting things in here. Hope you guys enjoy it. Remember to rate and or review us on iTunes and um, enjoy this episode number six with Bill King. All right, welcome to Overtime, Bill Kenny. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Dan. I'm really, really, really excited to be here. I think it's been a long time in the making that me and you need to talk. So absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you've been on Dribble for a long time, and we've enjoyed like watching um, the growth of of you and Focus Lab and the success you guys have had and we're big fans. So was really looking forward to talking with you too. And now we're finally doing it and we're, we're, we're chatting. It's How great. far we've come. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't, and not to jump too far ahead, but it's funny too. Cause when I think about like, yes, we've been on dribble for a long time. We were not even part of like, you know, the early birds, if you will, even though we were, uh, yeah. I think my first shot was late 2011. I think, or, oh, okay, or 12. Right, right. So yep. we were still like not the first group of people in there. It was big enough where it was already like had some legs and that's where really oh. kind of, that's the gravity and the attraction. And I kind of like got sucked over to that and I was like, I need to be in that. <laughs> um, and we're glad you, we're glad you did that. Um, yeah, I mean, even, well, 2011, that's still, that's still a long time, right? And that's why it feels like you guys have been, been in there since the beginning and covered have covered a lot of ground over yeah. that time period right yeah for um, sure so, so the, the just the the growth of uh, what you guys have built has been pretty awesome to watch so for for those that uh that that might not be interested uh, might not know uh i might not be interested well they might not that's fair i hope that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> if they're listening they better be interested uh, and they will be after we're done here because this is going to be incredible um so anyway uh just tell us like uh i know you're you reside in new jersey is that correct yes yeah i'm okay. here now but i took a little bit of a jumbled path here, um, not yeah. military style, like the other people that move around a bunch. So <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say I moved a bunch, uh, moved around a bunch as a child, but I grew up, uh, I was born in Lynn, Massachusetts, which is near you. Hey, wow, it's the next town over here. Yes, um, famous for bad reasons, I believe at this point. Uh, so my family, <laughs> um, we were on the North Shore there up near you, and uh, in second grade specifically, I started my second grade uh, on Martha's Vineyard. My oh, dad, wow. he was very oh, wow. young and he got a job at the water department leading. He was running the water department. He was the superintendent. Uh, he still talks about like, I don't know how I got that job. He was like 27. Um, wow. So it was a good job. It was an opportunity to move out to Martha's Vineyard, which more people know now than they did then. Uh, yeah. So I, I spent um, my childhood on Martha's Vineyard, which was awesome looking back on it. I think when you're there as a kid, you feel like you're stuck on a rock because you kind of are. You don't have mm. malls. You don't have um, 
you don't have McDonald's, you don't have any of that. There's no chain restaurants, there's no nothing. It's all mom and mm. pop. Now that I'm older, I realize, wow, that's so great. Wouldn't we all be lucky to kind of live in that little bubble? Um, so I grew up on Martha's Vineyard. You do not have to be rich to live on Martha's Vineyard. A lot of rich people have vacation houses there. Uh, I think that's probably one of the bigger misconceptions. Yeah, James Taylor and right. Carly Simon and yeah, the Kennedys and Obama Kennedys. goes over. Yeah, so yeah. everyone thinks like, oh wow, you must come from a lot of money. No, it's right. actually very blue collar. It's very you think it's like a bunch of fishermen and kind yeah. of like my it's dad diverse, like working right? it's for a the diverse town. place. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's yeah. a total mesh of kind of all the people, and then the tourists come over and. There's your influx of, of real money. So I grew up there. Uh, I decided when I went to college, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I needed to get away from the rock that I grew up on. So I went to uh, University of Tampa. So I went far south. We had vacationed in Florida a good bit as a family growing yeah, that's up. A, that's a cultural shift right there. Yeah, big time. But what's funny about yeah. even Florida and Tampa specifically, uh, when I went to University of Tampa, it's a small school, uh, it's pretty much the Northeast is kind of the demographic at the school. You know, it's not like a big Florida school. You're totally right. Actually, yeah. the West, the West, specifically the West Coast of Florida is like yeah. New England transplants. You know? So yeah. I did that. Uh, I realized early on there that I needed to be an art major. I kind of fought that for a while. Um, mm. I, I had always drawn. I'd always been kind of like an artist in a way, you know, but I thought it was just kind of the, like this floozy hobby. I never thought yeah. that that was going to be a career by any means. I'm not even like when I started college, I figured I have to do something else, you know, something real world. Uh, and I did terrible in college and I actually did pretty terrible in high school, honestly. Uh, it just wasn't for me. When I switched to an art major at the University of Tampa, I absolutely excelled. I mean, to the point where it was straight A's. I enjoyed every class. I stayed after hours. I became friends with teachers. And, you know, I was just kind of like mm. that annoying guy that does good in all the art classes. Because I think, you know, some of the, maybe even the majority of the people in those classes, that was still an elective for them in college. Right, but for me, right. that was my thing. Like that I was, was in my, thing. yeah, I was totally in my element. And, could you, could you, um, when you're an art major there, could can you take art class, like most art classes, or you'd have to, uh, obviously you take probably other bachelor arts yeah. classes too, but. Um, you still gotta go through the motions. Like yeah, you still yeah. gotta do, it's, I mean, it's pretty easy. I guess that's easy for me to say in hindsight too, but like one math class, like college algebra, you just gotta cut, you gotta cross off a couple things, kind of your basics, uh, and then you can get into the core of your, uh, of your kind of design classes after that. Yeah. So so I kind so, of ground my way through those and I got right to our classes and that was it. I mean, basically that's kind of, that's the big transition for me again because I was a terrible student. I mean, if if you had asked anybody <laughs> in high school, like who is likely not to succeed, I think a lot of people would have pointed at me, honest to God. Uh, I just kind of wanted to skateboard and not go to class and stuff. You know uh, what I mean? It just, yes. Yeah, it just wasn't for me. Uh, but that doesn't mean I was like a bad, I'm a bad kid. I was yeah. if you looked at my report cards and like how I showed up late to classes and all that, but it just wasn't my thing. And now I realized that I was kind of, I was born to do this. I'm a creative. Yeah. Isn't that cool to find that finally, right? Like, yeah. I kind of have a similar, similar path too. Like, I didn't, I didn't know I was into design even though I was all along until much later. Um, in fact, the web kind of helped me. But I was going to ask you in terms of like, you know, that timing, um, was the was the web involved in that at all? Or was it more from a, 
like a fine art kind of um, graphic design background that you that you had there in at the school. I mean, definitely more. Uh, I would say more fine art. Um, yeah, that was my degree. You know, it was a fine art degree, so it was a lot of painting classes, drawing, oh, wow, sculpture. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was all that stuff. Uh, it wasn't until late junior and into senior year where we really even got behind a computer, but I have always been drawn to computers in general. So I think I've got that, like we all do now, have that kind of like blend of we love technology and we love design mm, and they yeah. meet now because of the world that we live in. But back then, I mean, I never, I was never really into like development, never learned HTML beyond just like the stupid basics that most people that do what we do now would even understand but no right. i wasn't i wasn't sucked in through web it was more of a i just had a passion to make things to to look yeah. at things to say like wow that looks beautiful whether it be packaging whether it be anything logos i just mm. seemed to be drawn to that stuff and now i can kind of reflect back and think about like oh skateboarding probably had a little bit of an influence there's awesome vibes that come through when you think about like artwork on skateboards and yeah, just sticker yes. swag and all that. I was stuff. In, I was into that too. That totally, yeah, that helped me um, immensely. Like that, get into graphic design. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it's great. Like the branding is fantastic. Right, you know? it's like or, what they you know, care about. They go after yeah. it. Yeah, but we didn't yeah. know. Like as as young skateboarders, just kind of like, wow, that looks rad. I want to I want to buy those boards. Yeah, um, yeah. But now I realize it's because I actually liked it on a deeper level. Yeah, that's that's great. It's cool. It, it, it's totally cool to have those um, those influences that you're not really even sure that, that that you had until later, you know. And you look back and go, "Oh yeah." And for me too, like it was, um, you know, music packaging, like yeah. album covers and stuff, and um, you know, just sort of remembering, "Oh yeah, I always paid attention to like type typography and photography with with design, and I never really, I, I just never like you. I I didn't think of it as a career." Right. Yeah, even it's so weird. Like you can go totally nostalgic and you think about like I was always drawn. This is an extreme here, but you think about like I was always drawn to like stormtroopers, love Star Wars. Yeah. Why is that? Maybe it's color. Maybe I loved the fact that they were like pure white and black and like, uh, you know, just what they were wearing and all that. You know, all these things now, I think it's less of I like the pew pew and more of the like. It was so great from every level, even from a design perspective, that I still want to have yeah. that crap yeah. in my office. Like all behind me is all Star Wars <laughs> figures and you know Boba Fett posters. So yeah, that's that's it's another like admiration of creativity, right? Absolutely, like film and the design. I mean, film film's great because it has like you know visual and graphic design and sound and music. It's got all those things together, which is. Which is amazing. Um, that's interesting about the stormtroopers, though. Too, I, I think I, I think I agree with you. Like, that was a lot of the attraction. And 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 when you're a kid and you buy the, um, the action figures, you know, that, that's it's like the the real personification of of that uh-huh. uh, that you can own and and use. So. So now that I've That's gotten older cool. and I have more money, I buy them all now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Again, right? That's the thing is you probably had them and now you have to buy them Exactly again. right. Yeah, and I went on a little been... bit of a buying spree <laughs> in the beginning of the year and I started going on eBay and I realized like nice. I can get like the figures, like the original Obi-Wan. I can find <laughs> that dude on eBay and spend 30 bucks. But then after a couple months, I'm like, all right. I need to chill out on this. <laughs> I've gone yeah, too the, far. The market must be insane for that. I mean, it is uh, now, yeah, because of the new movie. I yeah. I kind of 
I got nostalgic at the wrong time. <laughs> Everything's so expensive now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I wish I had held on to all that stuff. I like I rebought um, uh, an NES system like yes. last year because my son, you know, was into it. Yeah, <laughs> and so I'm like, wait a minute, I had this, and I had like a hundred games, you know, back in 1988 or whatever. Uh huh. Um, but. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. It, yeah, rebuying it, it's, it's it's still worth it. Um, so so now you you've you've gone uh, to University of Tampa and done the art program there, and then what what happens next? Because you know it'd be cool to hear like the origin of obviously Focus Lab, but I'm sure there were some things in between there that uh, that brought you that direction. Sure. Yeah. So people often ask, so here's what I did. So I graduated from University of Tampa. I was dating a girl through college that lived in Atlanta. I was not ready to go back to Martha's Vineyard. Um, Martha's Vineyard is a great place. It's not. It's not really like the land of opportunity, you know. So you're you're not really going to move back there, especially with what I was going into. Unless I was just going to paint. If I was going to paint landscapes mm. all day and try to sell them um, yeah. on the vineyard. That's not my style. If yeah. it comes down to painting, I enjoy to do doing it for fun, but like that was not going to be my career. So I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. I think at that point, it wasn't even clear to me that there were such things as like big design agencies and you can go work for a company and like do that type of design work. And I don't know if that's just because I was sheltered or because the world has just changed so much. I know that those existed, but I don't think it was like as apparent as it is now through platforms like Dribble and Twitter and the ways you meet people and realize like, oh, I can like work from home by myself and that's yeah. like an okay. So I didn't really know what to do. So I applied um, to go to SCAD, which is the big art school in Savannah. Oh, right. Yeah. That is how I landed there. Uh, I was going to get my master's degree there. Uh, my financial aid got messed up and I realized that I did not want to take on another 60 grand basically in debt <laughs> to get a master's degree because my plan, maybe naive or not, was to actually just become a professor. Ah, to teach, teach design. Yeah, that was going to be my gateway to actually be able to teach because I wouldn't be able to do it without the master's degree. And that would be, that would afford me things like insurance and, you know, the, just the other things that didn't seem fathomable to do by myself. Yeah. yeah, totally. But 60 grand in debt, no thank you. But sure, I'll still go to Savannah and see what happens. So I kind mm. of floated around Savannah for a little while just working. I mean, you're talking like some pretty terrible jobs, but with, with normal people, but like straight up construction laborer i'll work for whatever you want to pay i just don't want to go back to the vineyard i'm just going to find my way here and fast Mm -hmm. forward two years into almost two years into my savannah uh, travels i started to make my way into doing little design projects for people that i was meeting in the community and jobs that i was working for so i worked at this one vacation rental place and it was clear to me that their business cards were terrible and the website was terrible and I could redo the brochures because I had that talent from school. It wasn't what it is now. I would still consider it pretty bad. But I started to redo all their stuff, and it was so much better for them. Uh, I got a good bit of word of mouth just in the little Savannah community. Hey, there's this guy. He'll redo your business cards and your brochures. And I started to pick up a fair amount of that type of work to the point where I was making more money doing that than working at that job. Um, Mm. And I really loved my boss there. She was great. And she connected me to a lot of people and kind of funneled a lot of that work to me. She was proud to kind of show me off in a way. And 
And this was a c- construction company. No, this was at a vacation rental company. Oh, I'm sorry, vacation rental. Yeah, okay. so I kind of moved. I had moved from the hard laborer. Oh my god, I've yeah. never worked so hard in my whole life. <laughs> right. But yeah, this will at least pay the rent for now. To this other mm-hmm. job that was more cushy. I was in, you know, sat at a desk and I answered phones and helped people find these uh, vacation rental houses. Ah, and then that became a that became a funnel of of design Freelance work. work. Yeah. yeah, from yeah. all the other businesses that were out there because vacation industry is huge in Savannah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I got a lot of that type of work to the point where I told her like. I know you kind of helped create this monster, but uh, I'm going to just go out on my own in six months and I'm just going to work from home and like do this type of design work. It still was not a plan for me to start a company, create a big team. At this point, Dribble either didn't exist or I didn't know about it. And I started getting, I got so much work. Here's the good thing about Savannah. Savannah is so small that if you're a total jerk, you're doomed, basically, because everybody knows everybody. <laughs> but if you can get a good name for yourself, it's yeah, going to work out really great for you. Yeah. So I had so much of that. I don't even know that I was using the word freelance at that point because um, I don't think I knew, again, that that was really like a thing thing. Uh, I got yeah. so much freelance work at that time, but I started to get web work and dev work. So I was hacking my way through crap and Dreamweaver and just like, Really sloppy. Then I'm not happy with my work because I'm like, oh, that doesn't even look good. Like, what am I even doing? I put out this little kind of casting call on my website that might have got two hits a week. I mean, I don't even know how people would have found it. And um, funny enough, my business partner, still, um, Eric Regan, he found it and reached out to me and said, hey, I I can do some dev work on the side. I seem, I know what you're you're asking for and I can handle that. And we literally met one time at Applebee's. We called our, our magic first date. Hey, perfect. And by the end of that, it was, why don't we just like work together and maybe like start like a company or something? What I, I'm still kind of young and dumb to this whole thing. And I don't know, like, what am I going to like pay you when you do work? I don't even know what the appropriate amount to pay you is. It's kind of scary to me. You don't know me. How is this all going to work out? Let's let's go bigger and scarier, I suppose, now. Uh, <laughs> and let's just do it together, and we can we can succeed together or fail together. Um, I, get, I think in my mind that relationship just seemed easier to manage. Yeah. So we did that, and you see where we are now. It's actually worked out really great. Uh, that I love, is the, the, I love the origin app. story. That's yeah. great. Applebee's. Like, <laughs> App, first of all, Applebee's amazing. Hopefully, you guys had some jalapeno poppers or something. Um, but but uh, you know, starting uh, without really knowing what the hell you're doing, um, that was certainly my path as well. Um, and I think it's a lot of people's path, right? And uh, you know, starting a business, um, even even when you don't know what you're doing. Is a leap of faith, but I think that's how most most businesses, uh, successful businesses, start. Um, is is out of you know because you you guys you know you were love you were loving what you're doing right exactly right yeah and you wanted to take it to the next level so looking back I wouldn't have done it another way we've yeah. learned a lot along the way I think a lot of that is very necessary learning you know yeah. I, I think it surprises people when I tell them and they're like well where did you work before Focus Lab I'm like. I mean, nowhere, honestly. I've worked a lot of jobs in my life, but nowhere that fully prepared me for like running a business or agency life and client relationships and all that. That All that stuff has been learned yeah. over the years um, through trial and error and some of it really hard. But now on the backside, you know all the ins and outs. I think it's the, it's the way to learn it, I think. Uh, it absolutely is. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. So you and Eric started uh, – 
Focus Lab in Savannah, which, by the way, is a I, I visited there once years ago, and uh, it's a really cool town. It's really, in fact, it, it reminds me of Salem, Massachusetts, where I live a, a little bit, because it's kind of spook. It's got kind of a spooky <laughs> yeah. vibe to it, right? And I, I'm not sure. I mean, part of it is the. I think at the time I, I had read the the book um, Midnight in the yeah Garden, Garden of, of Good and Evil. Evil yeah and and the movie and everything. And that that was part of it too, but but there is something really unique about that city, even you know in the in the south, but also extended from there. It's just kind of like the different parks and greens that are there are really interesting. So uh, yeah, did did you? How long did you live in Savannah then? For so I was there for I I believe it's just about nine years. Mm. I was there for a while. So, you know, so me and Eric started. It was just me and him, and we actually I went full. Full focus lab before he did. He still had a job. Um, he was the main developer at uh, one of the mega churches in Savannah. You know, the, like these mega churches now, like thousands uh, yeah, of people yeah. go to. And yeah. uh, he was in charge of all the development work there. And he had, I wouldn't want to say accidentally, but they got pregnant really early into their marriage. Um, a little bit unexpected there, mm-hmm. um, which that was harder for him just to say, like, okay, I can eat ramen. And go full time, whatever yeah. this company's name that is going to be. Changes, yeah, yeah like I was solo still at that point. He was recently married, and then they just had a baby, so it took yeah. him longer to go full time. But basically, the goal was to let's prove the model, let's work hard, and make sure that we can drive a certain amount of money per month. And as soon as it seems like it is a less risky move for you, uh, let's transition. So as soon as we hit that point, you know, he has talk uh, talk with his wife and. Full transition, and that's when Focus Lab really, really was just me and him in a little co-working space, just cranking away. What's the plan, Stan? How are we going to get to next month, and how are we going to get to the month after that? You know. Now, at that at that point, were most of the clients you you guys were um, taking on still local, or uh, that's yes. expand? Yeah, it was yeah. all local at that point. Yeah. Um, oh, that's really cool. Which is. Which is cool because I guess because you're working with the people that are, are close to you. The one thing about Savannah, though, is. Um, it, I wouldn't say it's a booming market. You know, it's a, it's a great yeah. tourism town. Uh, it's really awesome to come and vacation and spend time to go out and find some like high profile clients that are really going to help you grow your business. Eh, not so much, but it was a great starting point for us. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing that really kicked us off was uh, so Eric's the developer. Uh, if you think about the early days, we yeah. are the yang and the yang. I'm the designer. He's the developer. We've grown to you know take on other roles now, but. He decided to become really embedded in the expression engine um, community, if you're familiar. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So he yep. became, his goal was basically like, I'm going to be one of the top expression engine guys, not only in Savannah, but hopefully like in the world. The community is small enough for me to do that. I cannot do that in WordPress. Yeah. I can do that over here in expression engine. And that quickly led to projects like we had never seen before. It broke us out of our Savannah mm-hmm. market. We had people from Virginia calling saying, hey, I'd like you to come out and train my dev team for a week and we'll write you a check for, you know, whatever, nine grand or something. We're like, whoa, we haven't even had a web project over like a couple grand yet. You know, we're still Um, like just measly dollars because the the demand for expression engine stuff at the time, right, was huge. It was huge. And he was he was so diligent. He basically so I followed him and I did that on Dribbble. Or if you want to boil it and distill it all the way down, Mm. uh, ultimately that's kind of the path. So we saw what a niche kind of area in a lot of um, 
intention and energy could do. It rose him to the top of that community. It changed our business revenue. We're like, wow, how am I gonna do that on the design side? How am I gonna get out from under making these business cards and brochures? Even though I like the people I'm working with, like now we've got big aspirations. Like, yeah. let's do this thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I actually got through Dribble through kind of a weird path. I don't know if you remember a site called Love Design. Oh yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I dude over yeah. in the UK. I uh, made yeah. that. That I got onto that first somehow, um, and I started posting work on there and meeting people. And I'm like, I really like the feel of this. This is the first time I ever like put my work anywhere. And had people respond. I was like, whoa, this feels awesome, like semi-addicting. Uh, so then I started to realize like where the, you know, where the real players were, if you will, where you're really gonna get some like exposure. So mm. I couldn't get a dribble invite. I was not cool enough at that point. And that's <laughs> oh, no. that's See, totally yeah, I, fair. I, I hate I hate hearing this. Yeah. No, I mean it is what it is. I think that the invite structure is great for dribble, honestly. And and I had and I worked to get it. And I I'm happy that I worked to get it. Um, yeah. So I went to Forest next. If you remember Forest in the early days. Uh, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yep. So I was over there. I continued to make kind of more more connections. Um, and I built a relationship with a guy, Stephen D. Donato. He's a designer out of Canada who we actually, funny enough, ended up hiring for a little bit to do some design work for us. He was the person that invited me to dribble. Oh, excellent. Finally got on. And by the time I got on there... I kind of like uh, I had wet my palate with love design and forest and kind of like figured out okay I'm gonna like go after this thing and I just I basically just became a machine on dribble like <laughs> I, I made it my job to post something every single day whether I loved yeah. it whether I hated it I went around I, I commented I I just became like a you know that guy that's just yeah. always around. You're you got you dove headfirst in into the community Absolutely. And, particip and participated. Yeah, I was fully immersed and engaged. Um, so yeah, and I rode that train hard for years. You know, I think that's where one of the big I don't agree with you points come from me, where people will quickly and this is anything, not just dribble. Oh, that doesn't work, or or that's silly. And I'm like, well. Yeah. You you only kind of tried half-assed and you spent about 6 months. Like I I put in 3 years of aggressive engagement, like really 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 putting myself out there and yeah. it snowballed and snowballed and snowballed and yes it is easy for me now because the snowball is so damn big, but that doesn't discount the amount of time and energy that they required to get I there. put into yeah. that community. Absolutely. Yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm really glad I'm really glad we're talking to you because that's that's a that's a really key point. Like how do I you know, how do I get more visibility? And and, and this is this is a way, right? You, you don't you don't just overnight have um, you know, thousands of followers. No. You, you it, it's taken a lot of hard work and a lot of um, time to get there right absolutely yeah, I, yeah. And when i when i speak like sometimes i'll go talk to the design students at scad or even just other younger shop owners you know they got two people they're kind of like the me and eric of of six seven years ago uh, and you know say like you know what do you think is most important what should we do and you know when i start to talk about dribble i try to really pound home like listen don't look at it at the end of the year and say has this really kind of like shown a lot of fruit yet like it's years but i'm telling you 
I did it. Like it's totally doable. <laughs> I am not an outlier. I am not this magnificent designer <laughs> that deserves 50,000 followers just because like I have a shaved head or something. You know what I mean? Like I put in <laughs> all the work. I did it. If you yeah. go on to the top designers and you look at their followers versus how many shots they have, my ratio is much higher than most people. Like I didn't have a fan base. I didn't have anything. So I had to put up shots after shots after shots after yeah. shots. And I found you, my, you know, you find your rhythm and whether I wanted to take a tilted shot because it like gets more love or not, you know, people can hate on that, but like, that's what worked for me. I, I, yeah. I had intention with what I was doing. I wasn't always just like, do you like it or not? You know, it's, yeah, it, it right, just depends right, on right. how you want to use it. I you created, you created your following, which is absolutely, which is, uh, you know, and, and actually uh, we, I don't want you to sell yourself short either in terms of you know the 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 design work that you're sharing was great. So that that's the other thing. So you know yeah you know, it's like par- partially it's there's there's equal parts of talent and yeah. uh and, I agree uh, with that. I don't know sweat, that anybody sweat, can just go you know? throw anything yeah. on there right. as long as they do right. it a million times they'll get a following. Right. But if you do have talent and you're willing to put the effort in, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And I was willing yeah. to push my talent. You know, you, some of my early shots, I was still finding my way to like my what I would consider now the style that I've had for yeah. since then, which is more of kind of a little bit minimalist, but not like full Swede minimalist. Like still liking color um, and all of that stuff in there. But you know, when I first started, it was still like that grunge age a little bit, where everything had like texture and noise on it. Uh, so I even evolved. My stuff got better. Following got better. You know, it's just yeah. It's and a it's growth. Been, it's an evolution. And then it, and it's totally been fun to watch that evolution. I mean, that's uh, one of the one of the cool things about um, being on Dribble so long is is to see that. Like to be, you know, watch people's um, style change over yeah. time and and it sort of ref, get refined and refined and refined and then and then you know seeing something like Focus Lab coming into um, into focus. Wow. That's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> funny, uh, see, funny see. story about our, our name. So yeah, yeah. Uh, when I, when I had my little freelance, um, business, if you will, uh, it was called ideal design firm. Uh, quickly after me and Eric met, Eric brought to the table, uh, Hmm, I'm not a designer. And we do more than that. So that's kind of a weird name for us, which I agreed. Yeah. Uh, so we went through the, the the terrible path of trying to, well, what's our name going to be? The naming exercise is like the worst thing ever, especially when you're trying to do it for yourself. So we got to the point where we kind of didn't care anymore. We're like, okay, we cannot spend any more time thinking about this. We just need to pick a name and get to work. Uh, so we really liked the word focus itself just because it told a couple stories um, that we wanted to tell. Um, kind of the quality and the focus on the work and you know, the attention to detail and all that. But we couldn't mm-hmm. just use that word because there's no way we're going to be able to trademark that. Um, right. So we got to stick something at the end of it. Lab popped up. I would say now Ellis Lab, who made Expression Engine, was probably the subliminal seed planter oh, yeah. for that. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. So we stuck the word lab behind it, and we're like, okay, this is it. We're over it. Who cares what our name is? Focus Lab. It means nothing, which in our mind was a good thing. Like if we want to decide we're going to build airplanes in 10 years, right, then we'll build right. airplanes. It doesn't matter what we do. Uh, yeah. So we went for the URL. It was available. We're like, awesome. But somebody was sitting on it, and it was a 1000 bucks, and we had just started. Like we literally have like no money. 
We're like, mm. oh, a thousand bucks. It was a thousand or like 1500. We wrote it on the wall and our goal was to buy it the next month after we made some money. Well, we made money and we went back to buy it and somebody else had bought it. And we're like, oh. oh so there's like a doctor maybe in the Carolinas um, who has it. And his site has been the same since Focus Lab started to right now. And we hit him up every year trying to like, <laughs> trying to th- buy it. Yeah, yeah, throw more yeah. money at it because we have LLC stuck on our URL now. And it drives, right, right. it drives us all nuts to the point where even we were working with a client in Australia and they asked, they're like, so why, why do you have LLC like uh, on your, on your name? And we're like, oh, it's like a. It's like a business thing in America. They're like, oh, okay. It's like they didn't even understand what the hell that even oh, was. Oh, I see. Yeah, LLC is is not a thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so then we got to get all the the handles for Focus social. Focus Lab. Yeah, yeah. We want FocusLab.com, but do told but, out on us really hard. But in this day and age, right, where you, you know, you've got a, a URL, but you also have profiles everywhere. And yeah. Um, it probably matters less and less, maybe. We're not losing sleep over it anymore. It's just like yeah. a, it's like a once a year thing where I'm like, oh my god. Let's see. Let's see if the doctor will uh, <laughs> yeah. will be able to part with it now. Yeah, uh, we but he's probably getting real. a lot of uh, traffic that he would normally not get. Oh, right? interesting thought. I actually never thought about that. Not to yeah. toot our own horn, but I'm sure we do drive traffic to him uh, oh, accidentally. Ab- yeah, absolutely. He's probably getting a lot of. Uh, yeah, he thinks he's killing it right now, but he, does, right, he can't exactly. understand why his his conversion is like terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> Got all this traffic, no one's uh, no one's signing up for uh, you know X rays or whatever. Um, <laughs> like like that's how doctors work. But uh, well, that's crazy. So so the next step is like you guys have turned this into a, a, a pretty giant business and you and i wanted to mention this article because well a we were thrilled that you wrote it because it says some nice things about dribble so uh you know to, to toot our own horn a little bit but you know the fact that you know dribble and 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 sharing you know being okay with sharing in general um as a designer and as a as a company um has helped you guys uh financially like pull in a lot of money so um, I'll put the the link in the show notes, but it's a media article um, from uh, from a ways back that uh, has said a lot of positive things about how Dribble helped and and other other social things. So I, I wonder if you could touch on that a little bit, like yeah, absolutely. how it helped, because I think the way you guys and we'll get this into some shots in a minute, but like the way you have used um, how you've shared your work online has been has been really. I think influential and, and interesting because you you don't just share uh, something when it's done. You share the process, or you share um, you know stuff that that maybe wasn't accepted, uh, which is really fascinating to see. Like you know logos that um, you know your your sort of thought process around uh, creating a brand. So anyway, um, I wonder if you could you could share like. Obviously, it's been. I think it's been successful to to work that way, like out in, the, out in the open. Yeah, it and, has. Uh, so, and, and have clients been okay with that? Uh, is is one question that comes to mind? Yeah. So I can uh, talk to you about that. We actually make it part of the yeah. kickoff call. Let me just make this clear for all the listeners here, because I want to make it super duper apparent that I'm talking to you. You made dribble. I love dribble. So I might be more excited now talking to you to. To make you feel happy. I <laughs> everything I say I would be saying right now to anybody I was talking to. 
It just happened to be talking to you right now. I did an interview um, with somebody from Cornell University uh, about a month ago, and they're doing a study on this new kind of world of designers that share their work. And and is it mm. powerful? Does it help us? What works? What doesn't? Blah, blah, blah. They're very, this person in particular is very interested in that. I could not have said more good things about Dribble to that person, right? They have no skin in the game. They're not going to hire us. I'm just being as real mm. as possible to what has changed the landscape of our company. So as we continue to talk about Dribble, and I kind of throw a lot of, awesome sunlight on Dribble. I just want the yeah. listeners to understand that I'm not doing it because I'm talking to you. Yeah, we're not paying you, right? <laughs> right. This is how it went down for us. So sharing yeah. our work, absolutely influential in our growth. If, you know, whether it be Dribble or another platform, I think Dribble was the perfect platform for us, honestly, and it, and it still is. So don't mess anything up over there, Dan. We really need you to, to stay <laughs> we'll open. Our, we'll um, do our best. <laughs> it became the way that we grew. If if Eric and I were still reliant on continuing to kind of go after bigger, better in Savannah, I don't think it would be a stretch to say we'd probably still be like just a, a two or, or four person team or something. Mm. Um, it's just you need to get out there. Uh, and in the world that we live in now, it's so easy it's it's essentially free. You guys should charge more. You know, I mean, for me to be a pro and only have to pay twenty bucks, you know, when you're talking about returns of millions, uh, you're, you're thinking about Twitter, you're thinking about Instagram, like all this stuff. All it takes is time and energy and, and intention. Yeah. And you can get all your work out there. So we realized that very early on that that's how we were going to break out of the Savannah market. We we're going to post our stuff all over the internet because the internet is now the world. Uh, and yeah. we just post, 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 and I basically. Again, and like I became a machine uh, and not because I also want to be clear too. like I am not obsessed with likes in general. I don't need to put up a shot or send out a tweet and, and have it be the best to make me feel happy about myself as a person. Uh, thankfully, uh, I, you know, because that can be a little bit of a trap. Uh, but I can tell you I am obsessed with likes and retweets because I know what it does for our business. So mm. from a business perspective, yep. sure, I am fully attacking that you know mm -hmm. i'm making sure that it does perform well and you know we're constantly trying to make things better and all of that so posting is a way of life at focus lab so i make it very clear to the team you guys need to be posting if i don't see stuff going up like i'm telling the team you need to post post your work that shit you just made right there is amazing you need to post <laughs> it because not everybody kind of functions the same way i do now i think i've yeah. been uh I've been molded into a certain type of person, and, I, and I'm good with that because I know what it's done for our business. But I want to now help kind of the, the new team members that may not be as active socially right. throughout any channel. Like, this Show is who them. we are. This yeah. is how Focus Lab operates. We post our work. And, and how, how uh, has, has there been any, ever been any pushback from clients in terms of what you're sharing? Or, uh, yes. So in a, yeah. before I imagine we, there is, but yeah. Yeah, but we know out of the gate. So I, I wouldn't, I don't even know, like, Everything we kind of learn, right? And then we change and we create a new process around. So at some point we learned, okay, we need to be asking clients up front, right mm. out of the gate. Do they know about Dribble? And, we, and it's Dribble specifically. In our kickoff slide, we have a slide called Dribble Ability. And it shows a shot <laughs> uh, of our Love Focus it. Lab page. And it shows three colors, red, yellow, and green. And we asked them, first, do you know about Dribble? Because if you don't, we want to inform you before we get your opinion uh, on if we can post or not. And once they... 
usually they do. The majority of our clients come through Dribbble, so they, they're like, yeah, we totally get it. Um, we ask them, can we post anything and everything starting from right now after we get off this call? Uh, that would be green, obviously. Yellow is we can post most things, but there are certain things you want us to hide, whether it be your name. Let's just say Help Scout. Help Scout was not this way, but we just worked with them. Maybe they would be okay with us sharing the animation work we were doing, but not saying who it was for. Uh, or hiding right. features, maybe for a big website that they, their competition oh, yeah, stalks them like a hawk, like right. a hawk. So there's that option, or there's full red, which is you don't want anything to be out there. It makes you nervous. You want everything behind the curtain. Uh, I would say early on, eighty percent of the people went green, and then the the rest filtered through yellow and red. Oh, wow. As so we've continued to get bigger clients. They just come. They come inherently with just other, I don't say issues, and this is not a knock to to clients because I don't like to be that guy either. But yeah, they are more protective of the things they're doing. There's just more politics in those projects. So uh, yeah, the, the red the ratio com- has gotten the company, higher. Yeah, the bigger the company, that's that's going to happen. And yeah, and especially like if it's a public company, right? Then you've got you know obviously. Uh, potential trade secrets and things that they're exactly about (laughs) yeah so we tell them like listen no pressure i want to impress upon them how important it is for us to post work this is in a way it's kind of like our livelihood you know we post our work this is how we grow our peer network this is how we get clients but at the end of the day like you the client still decides no we don't really want to see any of this out so then basically we just wait till launch and then we start a slower rollout uh, as so this, if, kind oh, of as if we had just started it, because again, you kind of want to maximize what you can do. So if uh, let's say, uh, let's say, f- so Help Scout's a good example. So Help Scout launched their new brand. Uh, we did not do the branding to be clear. We just did the animation work, which is a newer service of ours, which we're jazzed about because uh, Will Cass, our animation guy, is awesome. They came to us Excellent. to do some animation work, and before he put up his first dribble shot, I talked to him and said, "Listen." Don't go right to the like the final version. Show people the process. We story tell when we post dribble shots. Start with your sketches. Let's show some ideation. Like where where were we in our head? Build up to the final look. Or mm. there there's mm. multiple reasons for that. It's you know some of yeah. it's some of it's selfish. Some of it's not. Um, but it's better story for the for the viewer really to kind of follow along that way, and it allows us to basically get maybe three or four dribble shots instead of just one right. you know because when you're in a right. when you're in a company like focus lab and i'm saying i want you to put up multiple shots a week at least you need to find a way to be able to create multiple shots and if you use it all up on one shot then you used up all your ammo <laughs> so you better stretch it out <laughs> <laughs> well i think you know but but also the, i think everyone following you Focus Lab is is appreciative of that because they're you're absolutely seeing, you're you're not just seeing the finished thing you're seeing the story evolve and yeah um and and I would I would think you know tell me this but I like the more you share about a client project the more it it possibly could help the client too right like a hundred percent especially if it's a brand relaunching yes. or launching a new product or whatever. Obviously, there's there's a there's a certain amount of promotion that goes into uh, putting it up on Dribble or or you know whatever. Yes, yeah, so you're, and you're we in. pitch that to the right people. It's it, it is more clear to us sometimes than others. Like if a client, if the demog- if the Dribble demographic is like people that they would want, you know, if that is their demographic, yeah. then they're getting 
so much more value by working with us. I mean, my account has 50,000, mm. Focus Lab account has 30. That doesn't even account for any of the other team members or anything. That's a lot of eyeballs immediately. Yeah, um, so there are some clients that say, like, we want you to post 100%. We want you to uh, link yeah. to us. We want yeah. all that traffic. Uh, Snappy yeah. was one of them. Ian is awesome. Okay, uh, right. And yeah. he was very... He, he understood all of that dynamic, and he's like, listen, I want you guys to drive as much traffic as you could. And we drove a couple thousand signups to his landing page before <laughs> Snappy even launched, right? Because it was right. – that was the demographic. There are other clients – like, you know, dental implant stuff, like that's never going to give any helpful traffic to them. So it's not even a conversation right. we bring up. Right, right. But it is cool to have that. You're not really paying for this per se, but you're getting a ton of value if you're the right client. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this is like uh, you guys are a perfect case study for, for how to use Dribble effectively. So I, try, actually, I try to think that we are, honestly. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I try to... Listen, we use Dribble in a very specific way. Mm -hmm. It's not, most of it is not to get feedback. That doesn't mean that we don't care about feedback. I love people just writing stuff, but we're not constantly posting on there for full critique. A lot of it's just kind of like, check out what we're working on, exposure, 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 yeah. exposure, grow our, just grow our network and our community and like meet people and all that. Um, I think I think that's perfect way of using it though. Yeah, I don't think, yeah. I think some people look at that as like, oh, you're gaming the system or you don't, you know, you don't actually care. You're just going for your for yourself. But that's not that's not true. And I think that we walk a really happy, comfortable line of sure we want our shards to perform well. Like why wouldn't we? So right. we right. so we hedge towards that. But that doesn't mean that we're evil or we're despicable or we don't care. You know. So it's yeah. just uh, it's it's an interesting. It's all positivity. That, exactly that right. And momentum for We're the We're all love across the board. Yeah, and it's, it's like, of, and of course, you're, you're going to be proud of the work you're doing for the client. You're, you're, and it looks like, and let's get into it now, actually, like it looks like the relationships that you build with your clients are, it, you can see it through the work that you're sharing. Um, Relationship and, is huge for us. I would yeah. say that is number one. You know, the timeline mm. and budget has to be right. Yeah. But if timeline and budget... Even when those are right and the relationship is poor, that's a bad project for us because we're not just in this for money. I mean, yes, we need to yeah. make money to operate. We need to make money to grow and be profitable. But at the end of the day, we want awesome relationships. We just need those yeah. other two things to match up behind it. And that really shows in the work. So, like, for instance, we're, we're going to talk about a couple shots um, and uh, sort of get behind the the story behind those. So the first one is uh, – this be glad branding process that you that you shared um, for the Focus Lab team back in July, late July. Yeah. Um, and uh, what, what, what's cool about this, and, and a lot of the shots that you share, are uh, you know these extra attachments that sort of talk about the um, show the process behind the you know creating the brand and, and the evolution that you've took that you've taken to get there, um, which is also very cool that the client you know. Is is cool with that? Yeah, you know, like they're not. You're not just seeing the finished mark, and, and and you're actually showing it. So one of the things I want to ask you about this shot in particular, like you've mocked it. Well, I assume it's a mock up. If it it's is not. If it's a, okay, so it's a very realistic mock up of what the brand looks like on like this tapestry that's hanging in a building. Yeah, um, which is really cool because you're not just seeing this on the screen. You're seeing it. How is this? How is this mark gonna? Uh, and brand gonna work in a real life situation, not just on a on a screen, but on, or a piece of paper, but actually on a banner. And you guys seem to do that in other uh, for other projects as well. So 
wanted to um, kind of get your take on on that. Yeah, it's important to us. I think it, one of the things we realized early on is clients are not designers most of the time, ninety percent of the time, maybe more. Um, but so, oh, so therefore, you kind of need to you need to show them the next level. It's you know, I can't just show them the static flat apple on a white PDF and expect them to be like, wow, it's amazing. Um, right, they'd right. have to have pretty awesome vision to think outside of their own box to say like, mm-hmm. oh, and it could become this and this. When a when a branding project specifically gets real for a client is when you put it in context. That's mm-hmm. when we kind of flip the script on the client and we know that buy-in is eminent at that point. Uh, that's where the wow factor typically comes from. So we t- we tell them that up front too it's not like all smoke and mirrors but you know we we set expectations throughout the project round 1 of a branding deliverable after strategy and after uh, kind of like the research work when you get to round 1 of visuals it's pretty it's pretty mundane in a way like we try to tell them listen there's probably not going to be a lot of color in here we're not going to put it in context. We're not going to like do mock-up shots with it. We just need to kind of find our way. And mm-hmm. then as we get to round two, round three, as soon as we really start to kind of hit on something, that's when we start to blow it out and put it in mock-ups and show it in all these scenarios so that they can really yeah. see the vision and then grab onto it. So this is a round three or four. The amount of apples this client saw, this client is great, by the way. We're still working with them. We're redoing their entire website right now. Um, they teach teachers basically to help kind of better education uh, within school systems in general. They're such a great group. Mm, fantastic. And um, now, so, so you said this is a third or fourth round. Right. Do, do you often, like, the, the mock-ups are, are very, um, they look real, right? So, so I'm wondering, a lot of work goes into them. Do, do you wait and do these when you're close to a finished thing? Or does this actually happen with, some iteration, you know, like you present these and then iteration happens after the fact, even 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 after these mock-ups? Uh, everything's a dance, right? <laughs> like every client's different. So you're trying to like, yeah. you speed up the dance, you slow down the dance, like it, you do rearrange the steps. Um, we, we follow pretty much a certain flow, but depending on who the designer is on the team and who the client is, if you know like you're – you really got something and you don't need to show them a million things, you can cut right to the chase and go after it, even early in a, in a round two. If you want to start throwing it on mock-ups, you think that you hit a home run, then I would not slow them down. So the process, the process can bend and flex to the type of clients you have. Um, sometimes it has to be more rigid where a client will just perform better under a very systematic step by step by step by step because you need to keep them focused and like checking things off the list where other times you know they fully trust you and you just go straight up full head dive if you want to build the whole entire thing in one week and you think you've nailed it then like go for the big pitch so yeah yeah it it just kind of depends but you the one thing that you do keep consistent is you always set expectations you really want them to know where they are in the process if you, if maybe you've gone ahead of schedule and like you know I'm showing you this on a mock-up already, you know I usually wait a week for that, but I'm really excited about it. I wanted to show it to you. So we're also very vocal. We do video deliverables now, which has really helped us. So before it was a PDF in Basecamp with some notes, and then we'd let them review. We 
give them the weekend to review basically and we meet all our clients on Monday and Tuesday uh, for about a 30 minute to an hour block depending on the client and we get all their feedback and discuss everything we did. Now we shoot that video and record it and walk them through the deliverables. We're basically pitching, we're pitching them, they're just not in the room at the time. Mm. Uh, and that gives them all the context, all the expectation setting. Ignore this, don't ignore that. I really need your opinion on this. This I just had fun with. Like those doodles, those doodles were not scoped. They were not part of the project. I knew that they would be right for the brand. I hadn't doodled in forever. So I was actually really excited to put this on Dribble because this was so out of my element. And uh, I just went for it. And the client, like this sent them over the top. You know, there's all freebie for them. It's right for the project. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, yeah. Once they saw it, they, they're like, oh, this, they see it all working together. Yes. So for the designers listening, I did not build that mock-up. That did not take more than uh, four minutes to make. Uh, there's a product called Live Surface. It's basically a plug-in um, with Illustrator. And you can take your flat design and wrap it on the hundreds of surfaces, as they call in their store, bottles, uh, collateral, paper material, like just so much stuff in there. When that product came out, that was a game changer because th that came out, uh, I would say a couple years ago. We were old enough to know that mock-ups and live, like in-context shots were so key to our deliverables. We needed those things. Mm. Uh, and this product came out and I was like, oh, this just made our life so much easier. Because at that point before that, we were building them ourselves. And mm. they look all wonky and they're like warped weird and stuff. You know, you try to bend those things in Photoshop and it gets all crazy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, so that's really, that's a that's a pro tip right there. Bro. For sure. That is a must have. I mean, that's have. huge. That's huge. Because, and the fact that, that, that doing these mocks helps the client immensely you know sort of grasp what the brand is right? that's the golden ticket uh, right there. yeah that's that's awesome so and there's another shot called assembly which um is similar in that you this i love the branding work you guys did did on this and it's sort of like some of the team members holding up pieces of the logo yeah. to make the, make the logo and i think that's i really love this shot because it's it just shows that um, you're not just thinking about this as uh, pixels that you're delivering. It's like uh, it, it tells a story, right? And um, the the brand isn't just uh, just a, a static logo. It could be this, this living, breathing thing. Yeah. Um, so there's just so much. Like this shot specifically, um, I love this shot. Out of all like the projects and even shots in general, this one is a probably a top 10 for me just because it's just so much cool yeah. stuff behind this project and this shot in general. So yeah, assembly, if I'm going to distill it all the way down, the the core kind of brand story is we're bringing people together to do stuff. So all these indiv individual parts are different people. And therefore, when you go and you mill it out of wood into those shapes, we should have different people, different diversity kind of holding this thing and really bringing yeah. it to life. It's more representative of like the people than anything there. So this was a fun project. Uh, unfortunately, Assembly didn't make it. They closed the doors. This is still one of our like most oh, loved. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, geez. Yeah, this is one of our most loved projects. Even the owners from Assembly, they're like, dude, we're so 
they were like bummed because they thought they did us a disservice that like the brand work we did for them was so awesome, but the the product itself didn't make it. They were a great mm-hmm. group to work with. And still now when I run into people, if I go to conferences, my new question for people is like, what was your favorite project we ever did? It's just mm-hmm. really interesting to me. So many yeah. people say assembly. This was like such a home run yeah. within our peer group as well. Such a fun project based off of Morse code, which is how we got to the dots and the dashes. And yes. Yeah. Just yeah. some super fun stuff. The when color, you get to like, the color you've used. Yeah. Everything, different everything, colors. everything about the project is fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I, I think, uh, this is really good advice for, for people that do branding projects, right? Like, uh, show it, show how this is going to look in the real world and the different, uh, different, applications that it'll be seen in Uh, yeah and for us too it kind of scratches our own itch because it almost is like now we've gotten so much in this routine specifically which is after we ship like all this stuff is just digital like nothing is ever tangible unless you know the client Mm. happens to make some swag and send it back to you um but who knows if you'll ever see or get that stuff so we kind of just take it on ourselves to say Let's well, what would stuff. we want, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, we did this thing for our recitate project. Uh, we did this like awesome neon sign. We went out and had it. The client had no idea. These aren't things that they're asking for. We that's, that's we want so, to bring our work that's to fantastic. life. Fantastic! That's amazing. Uh, and and it makes sense. Like you're you're actually doing the um, testing for for them in a way. Like, how's this going to work? Is this going to work on a T-shirt or uh-huh. a neon sign or? You know, uh, yeah, we did. Like, we tried it. Now we've the bar has continued to get so high that it's like, how much can we spend after a project? (laughs) I was just gonna ask, like, what's your R and D budget for this stuff? (laughs) So we've actually put percentages (laughs) around project prices and stuff. We try to create a formula because it was too hard. You know, you say like, well, we're gonna what are we gonna spend a thousand bucks on this thing over here for this client? Um, Because we were basically at that point. Not Private to mention, jets. like it helps the portfolio immensely, and we can shoot these videos, and it just brings the whole thing to mm. a proper finish. Mm. Yeah, totally. uh, instead of oh, we made some pixel digital files, and that's that's it. Like it's it's just yeah. you, you never get to a proper finish line. Almost, I think this is uh, these examples are fantastic. This is what. Everybody should be doing this, not to steal your ideas. <laughs> Listen, Everybody. I don't think that we are the originator of anything, really. I, you know what I mean? We're doing, just kind of we're here doing our thing. Yeah, and you're yeah. It's just the execution is is fantastic. I think that's, that's what huge for out. us. You know, you see it, quality it really, over quantity. As you know, that statement yeah. is used basically by everybody, and that's totally fine. Yeah, so totally we're one true. of those people using it too. But that hits home for us. Like it's very important quality, quality of what quality of photography on our website, quality of even a dribble shot. Like those things mm-hmm. are actually important to us. We obsess over that. Oh, we love that. Um, so, uh, for the last shot, cause we're, we're running out of time a little bit. I don't want to take up your whole afternoon, even though I could easily, I would sit um, here for hours. <laughs> we could do this for hours. <laughs> um, but the, the, so the 500 picks, uh, I, I say 500 picks, by the way, is it, is it 500 PX? That's really they, funny because part of this project was the problem was to fix that. So thanks a lot, Dan. Thank you. Oh no, no! <laughs> I just exposed myself here. Yeah, no, that was a... always the problem. Five hundred pixels when they came to us, that was kind of one of the key problems um, to fix was to make it PX. Honestly, you know how can you how can you ultimately fix that one hundred percent? I don't know that you can, but it is PX. 
It's it, BX. Okay. It is, yeah. That makes sense. I think it's, you know what it is? It's for me, it's like um, from a you know, front end developer standpoint, yes. you know, or sort of like that's that's what I would say if yep. I saw that. That's how we refer to it in, in units or whatever. I think most um, people say that. Honestly, yeah. yeah. So, but but for them, since they're a photography site, then they're sort of out of that. Uh, um, but th- this project was was uh, amazing, and uh, we're big fans of them too. Uh, met those guys up in Toronto, and yeah, um, we had a lot of similarities. I think when we started out in terms of uh, uh, you know UI, so we <laughs> often use you know go to them. What are, what's what are they? What are these guys doing for for uh, for you know certain UI pattern or whatever? Mm-hmm. But this this is a this is a really cool project. Um, and again, you know, you're sharing this shot. It's called the new the new 500 PX, and um, you know, again, there's attachments with all sorts of sketches for you know things that you guys tried uh, that um, are fascinating. Like some of these are a number of these could have been uh, great marks totally. for the brand, and totally. um, and then the one you ended up on is is fantastic too. And so I wonder, you know. Just in general about this project, what was what was unique about this project as as opposed to the others that you uh, that you shared process with? Um, that's a good question. So let me just talk to a couple of things in there. As far as um, you know, you referenced the all the visuals. It's actually the middle attachment where it starts to show kind of like all of the exploration. Right, we right, are yeah, exploration maniacs. For us, you know, it's a big part of what I push as far as how we design brand stuff specifically. I want to see artboards full and full and full of stuff. It can be messy, terrible, great. Just I want you to go, go, go into the like the last limits of your brain, basically, before <laughs> we start to say, okay, that's it or this is it. So tons of exploration. We distill that down before we show the client or else it would be too much for them to even try to figure oh, that's, out. That's you know? interesting. So they they might not have seen this uh, this big they, board. No, they wouldn't ideas. have seen all of that. But what we do uh, do in the beginning, as a little bit of a safety net, just in case there's some magic in there that they love, and you know if they never saw it, we'd never know. We'll right. show the delivery, the deliverable in the presentation in in what we think is best, leading right. up to the to the most powerful visual of that particular week, and then we'll have. Uh, in the front of that deliverable, we'll have a here's a quick screenshot of a section of our artboard, so you can see all the exploration, or or the majority of the exploration. Uh, more to show, we explored a lot of stuff. We've been working hard over here, yeah. uh, and at the back yeah. end of the deliver deliverable, we'll have what we call like the boneyard in. Uh, we will take out a couple other key ones that we left out, but we still think might have promise. Yeah, uh, and shine a little bit of light on them, but they're still grayscale. Like we don't put them in any proper presentation style. So, right. so we don't show everything. We we literally couldn't because we do so much exploration that it's, <laughs> it would be. It's free, right? Yeah, yeah. It's pixels, totally pixels free. are pixels are free. <laughs> uh, you can uh, just. So that's that bit on the exploration. Um, now, when I t- when I spoke before about how we like to lead up and build a story with a dribble shot, this is an example of the opposite. So 500px launched that day. This is like full guns blazing because this wasn't a project that we could share at all until launch day. Oh, yes. And when right. it goes live, at this point, we do want to drive traffic for this client. Great client, mm-hmm. similar mm-hmm. kind of like industries and people and demographics. Yep. So we Definitely. want to drive as many people as possible. So this is where you put up more of a final shot and then a bunch of process attachments. 
and you kind of can only stretch it so far unless we make some other cool collateral and stuff. So mm-hmm. if if we had been working on this project under the green light, these things would have been leaking out over weeks and I would over have time before, yeah, before exactly. the, yeah, yeah. I would have ended but it's, on this But it's shot. still it's still cool to you know, release the final thing, but then support that with all this other stuff and like, hey, here's how we got here. Exactly. And you can look at it all at one time, which is really, really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. We're and again, why I think why I think uh, you know, Focus Lab has has such a strong I mean, one of the reasons it has such a strong following uh, on Dribble specifically because of the way you're using it and you're you're sharing so much of um the way that you work as a team. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's really, really not only is it fascinating and fun, but it's also really um, probably inspiring and useful for for other designers to see how this is all being put together and how you're presenting it. And so yeah. you're actually you're actually doing a service for you know not only your own business and the client, but you're I think you're also doing a service for the other designers in the community. Well, I appreciate um, that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, important for yeah. us to be transparent. You know, that's always been Eric's kind of motto, and that's how he is. And not to say that I wasn't, but you know, then I kind of adopt that fully mm, yeah. to say like, okay, we share everything. Like we have nothing to hide. We, we don't have any secrets. Let's just show kind of the world of what we're doing. To answer your question, what made this project unique? I would say the fact that the stakes were pretty high for us, mm-hmm. not that we yeah. hadn't worked with high profile people before, but this was a brand that people really loved already. Yeah. They, and they kind and of, they already liked it, right? the logo. <laughs> like, so we yeah, knew we were yeah. up against a wall there. It was going to mm-hmm. come with a lot of opinions. We sure. really wanted to get it right. The 500 PX team was great to work with. Chase, who led and did basically all of the work on this um, project, has spent all the exploration and coming up with the final looks. I mean, I certainly worked with him, but I mean, he is the man behind the curtain for sure killed this project but what was also unique about this project this was the first this project's not even that old you know this is october 2015 so it's, it's like yeah, almost yeah, pretty fresh. a year old yep. and um this was the first bigger thing that we released that we were nervous beforehand like oh my gosh it's going to launch tonight at 12 o'clock and i'm very nervous about this the design all community at, all at once yeah, yeah the design boom, community is, is is so great and so opinionated at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you yes. know, oh, it's like, oh, oh yeah. man, like this. Oh, I'm so nervous. Yeah. It's gonna get picked up by brand new. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. And um, <laughs> it was some pretty hard feedback to the point where you know, I, mm. I was like, I think I need to pep talk the team. Like, we got trashed pretty hard on it. Really, really? coming out I of the gate. I didn't, yeah, know, I didn't know that. I didn't know that because I, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, this is great. I love yeah, it. we were happy with it. And, of course, you have a little bit of self-doubt. I mean, that's anybody. Yeah. We're not superhuman. So it comes but out and then you start thinking, change. like, should we, a- have, should we have gone a different direction? Did we do it wrong? Oh, blah, blah, no, blah. No. Uh, We yeah. wrote a letter to 500px to say, listen, like, we're getting a lot of a lot of average to negative feedback. We're getting some good feedback, too. But, like, we've never had this much negative feedback and mm. really aggressive. We were curious how they were feeling, you know, and they're like, listen, this is like – don't even worry about it. Like it's all good, and we're like, okay, we just we feel that way too. We just want to make sure that you guys aren't freaking out, you know, because typically a client could see that too and be like, oh no, we made a bad decision. Hold. Right, it's the wrong. Yeah, direction. go backwards, yeah. go yeah. back to where we were, uh, and right. it's so nice to be on the other side of that storm now and and kind of realize <laughs> how how insignificant it was. It was a good learning yeah. step for us. Like, listen, you're gonna get trashed for a week. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't yep. mean that your company is terrible. It doesn't mean that you, you know, have done um, bad things and you know all of this. So we learned 
We learned in that one. We, we grew some thick skin <laughs> that week, whether we wanted to or not. And I still love it. Like this thing rocks. And then we, we've been doing ads for them that are hitting certain publications that then Alex worked on and they look spectacular. So I'm really uh, happy with where it ended up. But man, that was a, that was a tough, tough week. That was so, a tough week for us. Because uh, usually for us, it's yeah. a lot of love. I think we got so used to yeah. like everything's mm-hmm. awesome. When we got trashed yeah. that time, we're like, whoa, this is a different feeling. It is, but you're you're so right about uh, waiting a week and letting it die down. Yes, and the negativity kind of goes away, and then people get used to the change, right. and then it's like this cycle, and then people start embracing the new. You know, that's a big change for people. Like, yes. um, if they're you know, it's a community. You're also designing for a community. Yeah, like, like Scary. Dribble um, It's like when whenever we make a change, and we try not to do anything too drastic. Um, but if if we if we do the same sort of thing happens, it's like this rush of really negative comments, and then you're you're kind of second guessing yourself. Like, yes. oh, did we do did we do the right thing here? Uh, and then and then you're like, well, hold on, hold on, this has happened before. Like, let's just wait a day or two, and then and then that goes away, and then the positive starts coming out. It's really fascinating, right? Like, yeah, it is. Uh, and then you, now looking back at it, you're you're like, no, we we we. We uh, we we did the process. We did the work. We did the right things, and yeah. it's and it came out. And we were we were confident with it, and we know it'll stand the test of time. And that that's usually the case. There's been rare. Uh, I was just thinking of like the Gap uh, logo fiasco. Yeah, years ago. Right. There's some sometimes there are there are you know. Uh, massive shifts in brand that are yes, you know that much. are questionable, right? Yeah. But but most of the time, it's like. It's just new and different, and that's kind of scary sometimes for people, right? Yeah, so and, I, uh, I woke up. It was uh, <laughs> God. I think it was like five twenty or something in the morning, and I woke up and I'm like, "Oh gosh, the new brand is out. I got to at least look." <laughs> and I think like the first tweet I saw was like, "This new logo is the worst thing I've ever seen. It looks like it should be on a Pizza Hut box." And I'm like, "Oh, it's gonna be a long day." <laughs> Oh God! It's it's hard. It's hard to. Uh, it's hard to. Oh man, I feel for you. We, we, it, that happens every time we we launch something. Yeah, yeah, it's super tough. And but you got to go through that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta grow the thick skin. Eventually, yeah. you you learn to to. Uh, you know, sort of ignore and and actually identify people that just want to be grumpy about things. For but, sure, you know there there are there are legitimate criticisms that come in, which is good too. Yeah. But but you it, it is tough. It's tough to uh, you know work so long at something and and be confident in it and then have someone sort of trash it. You it's know, so easy to trash so something it, when you it, don't know the you don't know the yeah. background, you don't know the reasoning, you don't exactly. know the client, exactly. you know, you right. don't know you don't know anything. Yeah, exactly. But to just judge it within 4 seconds. Yeah, it's just not it's not. It's you not know, something good. that's interesting too I've learned is I think we all have a bit of the judgment bone in us, right? I mean, that's fair to say. Yes, but as yeah, I've absolutely. been in this field longer and have been judged over and over again, I'm now very careful on how and what I judge. Because mm-hmm. it's clear to yeah. me that I also don't know. Maybe they hit a huge wall. Maybe we don't know what happened within any particular project or design decision. No, that may not be what the client wanted to be out there. So I kind of just keep my mouth shut now because it's yeah, it's not my place. I, uh, likewise, I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah, you're right. We don't. You never know the whole story. Uh, in fact, I would love to know the story of of the Gap logo. <laughs> sure, you're right. Because I mean, who knows? Like, who knows? You know, I, it it could have resonated somehow with what they wanted to 
portray. I don't know. It would be really, really interesting to hear. Um, so or, or nobody right. wanted it, and the CEO said, "I don't care what you guys want. This is what oh, it's going to be." Yeah, see, and that pushed would be it. it out. Like we, you know, we have no yeah, idea. That's true. Like he's like, "Yeah, no, no, my 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 nephew made this. Right, I we're love going, it. And we're going right. with it. Well, because I love it." And yeah, it, it, it could be a good. That'd be a great documentary. <laughs> um, but but that's that's uh that's fascinating to hear how you how the, that all that went down and and now it's with 500 px it's uh obviously it's been the brand's been out there for a year people people dig it people like it yeah. i i think it's totally it was the right direction and it's been a it's it's cool because the what you've done is has with all the other projects as well like what you put together is something that's not just a solitary mark. It's like this thing that can be um, extended yeah. into you know different in different ways, and it's like it becomes this really flexible platform almost. To I feel uh, like we try to do that for yeah. every project now. Yeah, yeah we and it, sh- like it shows flexible it shows. brands, flexible brands. Like we want things yeah. to be able to do more than just yeah sit there in the in the, in the top nav, the left. Right, right, and and, and that shows. Uh, I think that's really. A hallmark of of uh, of what you guys are doing. That's so good to hear. Hats off to you. And uh, that's a good place to stop. I guess we we otherwise we won't stop. I think I sure think we, we would keep, we would go on forever. <laughs> Let me just do a quick um, plug because I have a coupon. Yeah. For, uh, oh, good, good, good. Yeah. So two things from us. Uh, sidecar. Obviously, we launched that last year, last May. Continuing to put assets and just industry knowledge and got a private Slack channel now. So for people that want to be in that, just um, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, but we also have a coupon that we created today for this podcast. So it's We Love Dribble. That's it. Uh, that will last for the next 30 days. And it's 40% off anything uh, in the store on Sidecar. So go there. Wow. Buy 40%, stuff. 40%. That's, yeah. that's very generous Let's of go you. big or go home over here. Um, <laughs> and the newest thing, which... I'm really, really excited about, but let's not get into it now. Maybe we'll do a round two of our talk. If enough people comment and tweet about this, I think that they want to hear a round two. That would be super. We'll do a round two because I do feel like I could talk to you forever. Um, (laughs) We've started this new proposal tool. So uh, internally, as an agency, we battle building proposals. It's really time consuming, and you're going to try to make them pretty, but they're PDFs, and you know, Mm. it's it's just kind of messy. So um, early this year, we built our own kind of web app proposal tool. It's been received with flying colors from our clients. Some of them even saying, like, we picked you because your proposal process was just the best. Um, it's and a good first impression, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a great first impression. That's huge for us <clears throat> because we're a design agency. Like, it's, it feels really backwards to send out this clunky PDF. Um, so we just built it ourselves with no real big plan after that. But now it's very clear that more people need this thing. Um, so we just started making news uh, two days ago. If you go to proposals.focuslabllc.com, uh, you can get a little teeny sneak peek of what we're cooking up, and we're excited to release this here in the somewhat near future. Wow, that's super cool. Um, you Maybe you've heard it here first, people. Um, so uh, I assume that you guys will be sharing more about that on, on Dribbble. Yeah, we're going to be – I'll be leaking and leaking and leaking as we're building uh, okay, cool. that. That sounds really useful for for everybody. Um, People need access to build a simple but powerful little proposal. There are other people in the space. Uh, I think there's plenty of room for us. We want a simple and effective, basically. It doesn't need to have like tons of features and all this other stuff and be messy. Just right to the point. We use it. It works for us. 
that means it would work for a lot of other people too without even extra features. That's how good things are made. Yeah. You know, you make it for yourself first because you need it. And um, I like that you've used Jon Snow as your, <laughs> yeah. your uh, text that it's in the form fields. <laughs> that's, good. that's good. We can't wait. The Focus can't Lab crew is a fun bunch. Yeah. It, it's, it shows, right? It totally shows. That's really important to do. us. I mean, it's essentially kind of like family over there. You know, we all got our quirks and stuff, but we are totally family and we enjoy being quirky and, and weird. Super cool. I want to join that club. Um, Come on. Well, <laughs> so thanks thanks so much, Bill, for being on here and taking the time and for you know sharing the stuff you do. And uh, I think there was a ton of ton of good advice from from just talking with you over the hour so uh we really appreciate it i know i'm sure the listeners do too so thank you it was absolutely much. yeah my, my pleasure i mean honestly i would look forward to doing this again uh, i am a talker i enjoy talking and i like talking with awesome people so you hit me up if you want to do it again let's do it again I, I, it's a deal man okay sounds <laughs> right. great